Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 66th edition of the Don't Kill the Messages podcast. First thing we got in store for y'all today is some UFC. Uh, they have a pay-per-view coming up this Saturday, UFC 211. Uh, about to just touch on a couple of fights on that card. First thing I'm about to get into, uh, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, Darnell. It was uh, Maya versus Masvidal. Uh, this could be a little underrated fight of a pretty good fight that a lot of people could not uh, probably won't be expecting. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this matchup between these two? I mean, it should be a pretty closely contested fight. Uh, two very skilled fighters uh, in their own realm. Uh, Maya might be the best uh, jiu-jitsu guy in the division. Uh his ground game's ridiculous, and his his uh, straight up MMA wrestling has grown by leaps and bounds over the last few years as well. Uh, and then uh, Jorge Masvidal is very technical on his, uh, his hands are really good, and he actually has very good uh, wrestling defense. So uh, I think this one will be a chess game, but it should be an exciting fight still. Just as both of them are game. Neither of them really shy away from uh, getting hit. Uh, they they both are willing to take some shots if uh, it allows them to enact their game plan. Uh, so I think this one could be a fun one to watch. Okay. Uh, now, who do you have on this one? Ooh, it's, it's tough to call. Uh, you know, been trying to look at it from a few angles. Uh, Damian Maya came down from middleweight a couple years back and Masvidal has fought at light heavyweight. So, I mean, it's, it's weird to have him coming from, uh, the higher and lower weight class to meet, uh, at welterweight. Yeah. Uh, but the, the higher weight class has really worked for, uh, Masvidal in a way that doesn't for a lot of people, but uh, I mean, just, He's been stronger. Uh, his, his gas tank has been better because he hasn't been trying to cut out all of that actual weight. Uh, he's more of a natural uh, welterweight. And coming down from middleweight has helped Maya because he's not a smaller fighter than everybody else. And he can uh, use his will a little bit more on the ground. But I don't think the size difference is really going to play quite as much of a factor because of how good uh, Masvidal's takedown defense is. Uh, so with that, I guess I, I lean a little bit towards Masvidal maybe uh, by decision. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Maya on this one. So uh, either way, I think this is going to be a pretty good fight, man. Um, yeah, this can definitely go to distance, but it's going to be, like I said, like you said, a chess match. Uh, both these guys can just deliver, man, and just with their styles, I think this is just going to be a good uh, fight for people to watch. Uh, so, yeah, up next, uh, we'll get into JJ versus Jessica Andrade. Uh, how do you feel about this one? Will this be another easy win for Joanna or what? I don't think it'll be easy, uh, just okay. because of the type of fighter Andrade is. Uh, she's, she's laser-focused. She's... Uh, she is like a dog with a bone. She she doesn't let up. She's very aggressive, very in your face. 
she's a little ball of muscle. Uh, she's a pretty good all-around fighter. Uh, of course, she'll be giving up some height to Joanna, but and some length as far as the striking goes. But she has a good chin. She's a very strong wrestler. Uh, she has a good ground game, uh, as with most uh, Brazilian fighters. She's she's a very good BJJ player. So uh, if she can get Joanna uh, on the ground. Uh, it, it could be dangerous for her. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, should she look out for her uh, submissions? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, uh, Andrea, she, she's very good at wearing you down to where she can slip in a good submission on you. Uh, she she has, I think, seven wins by submission. So yeah. uh, she's very good on that side. Uh, and since, uh, coming down the featherweight from Vanderbilt, she's, she seems to have been a new fighter. Yeah. Uh, you know, three fight win streak at this division. <clears throat> uh, two of them by stoppage, uh, KO Jessica Penne and, uh, got a submission on Joanne Calderwood. Uh, and pretty much beat up Angela Hill. She didn't get a stoppage, but beat the crap out of her. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's definitely a better weight class for her. She matches up a lot better here, uh, but she's she's going against what's the best female fighter on the planet. But uh, I think this this fight has a chance to look like those first couple rounds against uh, Claudia Gadea. Yeah, uh, when Joanna had some tough times because you know a good wrestler that can hold her down for a while, they might be able to steal some points. And Andrade is that. I think she has a little bit better gas tank than Claudia because she's she's lighter. Yeah, that's what I was uh, just about to bring up. Um, you know, I do feel like this could be another one of those uh, Gadelia fights for JJ as well. Um, just with the whole, uh, she's got to struggle against Gadelia with the uh, takedowns and whatnot. But if Jessica, if she can stick with her uh conditioning uh if it can last her the whole fight uh if this goes if this does indeed go five rounds uh this can be major problems for uh joanna uh since she's can take her down wear her out with some ground and pound and possibly put her in that submissions uh that'd be wearing her down a lot so she's gonna have to use her footwork and make sure that she can stay up uh possibly the whole entire fight because if jessica can grab hold of her uh, this could be a very long fight for Joanna, so it's going to be very interesting to see how she could be able to do that. But yeah, I could definitely see another Quadri Gadelia fight uh, going on with uh, Joanna in this one. So now, who do you have winning? I'm still sticking with the champ, yeah. but, uh, but like I said, this one I do think is one of those crazy ones where just the matchup could make something happen that is surprising. Uh don't let don't let the win loss record fool you even though yeah. uh Andrade has five losses all none of them are at this weight class. So um she she at, at straw weight now she she seems to fit uh at this one fifteen level. Uh like I said just her style matches up well from what we've seen with uh, JJ against an elite wrestler. Yeah. Uh, she she would have been well on her way to losing her title to Cadelia if it wasn't for Cadelia's gas tank. Yep. 
So yeah, I'm gonna roll with JJ on this one as well. Uh, like I said, I feel a little bit nervous about her coming into this fight. Uh, just like I said, watching her against uh, Gadelia, and uh, I don't really know that much about Jessica's gas tank. Uh, but if she can, like I said, if she can hold it up uh, better than Gadelia, uh, this could definitely be a dominant win for her. So, uh, but I'm gonna roll with the champ on this one. Yeah, I mean, as as far as uh, Andrade, I mean. She she's she's gone through three round fights and looked fresh, but it's a whole different level when you add in these extra two rounds when it's a championship fight. Yeah, uh, she's she's gone to some decisions where she still looked good at the end of the third round. But I guess we'll see uh, what she looks like if if it goes into the championship rounds, which is probably likely. Uh, JJ, for as good as a striker she is, she she does only have four KOs out of her wins. So, uh, if the fighter has a chin, they usually can stay in the fight with her. So, I guess I guess the, the gas tank will be a a big factor in this. Yeah. All right. Now up next for the main event, uh, we have Stipe Miocic versus Junior Del Santos. Uh, this could be a rather quick match. Uh, both of these guys got some explosive power in their hands. Um, so how do you see this one going? I mean, it's questionable. Like, like you said, this one could be over quickly because both do have lights out knockout power, but the last time they fought, it went to a decision. Yeah. Both of them landing some bombs on them. Uh, but, uh, this was earlier in Stipe's UFC career. Uh, so he, he, he dropped a decision to Junior Dos Santos in that fight. Uh, this is probably when he's looking to avenge. Right now, of course, I think everybody would favor Stipe, which is what I'm doing as well, but I'm, Dos Santos has a very good chin. I mean, yeah, don't sleep he, on him. He's <laughs> had, yeah, he, he's had a couple fights where, you know, he's been, I, I mean, Basically, been from from Kane Velasquez, but I mean, he's had a couple fights where he's been just beat up and down, but didn't go down. But yeah. uh, as, as of late, he has taken a couple uh, KO losses. Uh, he, he did his his uh, third fight with Kane Velasquez. He did uh, take TKO in the fifth round, and then Alistair Overeem knocked him out in the second. So uh, it, it is possible to knock him out. Yeah. He, he is fallible as far as his chin goes, uh, but he he also can lay that KO. Uh, Miocic, he's been KO once by Stephen Struve that I can remember. Uh, he he almost got knocked out by Alistair Overeem in uh, his last defense, but otherwise Miocic has been you know, on a upper. Uh, He's been going upward as, as far as his uh, his all around game. He, yeah. He's cleaned up a lot of issues he has with his boxing, which showed in that last fight. I went back and watched it earlier today. Uh, a lot of as as the fight went on, both both fighters got tired, so you saw a lot of hands dropping. Yeah, I feel like that's more still an still an issue for JDS, but I feel like Miocic has done more to clean up uh, the defensive deficiencies that he had in this game. Yeah. Uh, but but I do wonder if 
it'll be more of the same as far as both fighters having to stay on their feet the whole time. Um, Yochik went for a lot of takedowns in the first fight, but JDS does have very good takedown defense, so uh, he, he got him down basically one and a half times but couldn't hold him down. So I wonder uh, if if that can be, if that's going to be the same or if maybe he's found another way to get him down and hold him down because that will work a little better uh, since Miocic is good on the ground, has some good ground and pound to him, and would probably like to be outside of uh, JDS's boxing range where he's most dangerous. I gotta ask you, man. Uh, who do you got? Rolling with the the Cleveland boy, going with Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with him as well, man. Like I said, uh, you know, JDS. Even though he can knock you out, uh, you know, his head chin has been tested. Uh, he's been knocked out uh, quite a few, few times, uh, quite a little bit more than uh, Stepe. But Stepe, he's been on the climb, man. Uh, he's been getting better. It seems like every single fight he's uh, been getting it into the octagon. So. Just going to see if he can be able to prove some more uh, this Saturday, see if he can get a win against JDS. Uh, now, are you feeling a knockout in this one? you think this will go the distance again? Like, how are you feeling about this one? I do think it's probably going to be, you know, second or third round. Stipe figures it out and lands a, a nice shot, probably overhand right, which gets him, gets him dazed and finishes out with a TKO. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with a knockout as well, man. I just think that first one was just, uh, I don't know. Both of them, they had a freaky chin, uh, that first one. But, yeah, I, I am feeling a knockout uh, this particular fight, man. I just think it has to happen with these guys' power. So, it should be a, definitely be a good one to see. Now, with uh, Stipe, if he does win this, uh, who's the guy that you would like to see him fight next? Kane. Kane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I would love to see that one too, man. Uh you know, Kane, he would be able to bring it to him, uh, just with his ability to do takedowns as well, man, just with his power. So yeah, that would be one I would love to see after that one. So all right, man, uh anything else to add for this uh cart? I mean just it looks like a good one. There's there's a few fights on here that I think people would like to watch. Uh Top to bottom, there's there's some big names that people will know, like Frankie Edgar is on this card, uh, and uh, you were saying Eddie Alvarez is on the undercard. Yeah, the fall uh, Grace. Yeah, yeah. so headliner I mean, now. He's yeah. yeah, not even on the main yeah. card. Yeah, but but I mean, it's just still going with there. There's some fighters that you know on this, um, so probably, probably one that would be a good one to lay your money down and get. Uh, it's probably one that won't disappoint you. Okay. Yeah. Still about to talk about some UFC, but we're about to get to my man, Anderson Silva. Uh, he's made some demands. Uh, he wanted to uh, fight uh, Romero for the interim uh, championship belt. Uh, he said that if Dana White didn't give it to him, he was going to retire. Uh, Dana White actually said that when I asked him about it, he did say that he believes Silva should retire. So it doesn't look like my man's going to get that uh, interim title shot. Uh, but just what were your thoughts on that, man? I thought it was dumb that he said that. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like do any, I mean, I guess he, he's speaking for himself, but. Hey, he's one uh, of the greatest of all times, man. 
That he is. I'm not taking that from him. He's one of the greatest of all time, but he's not one of the greatest of right now. So he, he doesn't hold that kind of weight where he can say, uh, I think you need to make this an interim title fight. And I don't get why people are calling for an interim title fight when yeah, the champion's true. not yeah. hurt, the champion's not going to be out for a year. So there's no reason for an interim title fight when the actual title is there's a fight set. Yeah. You may not like the fight. I know and Anderson and Luke Rockhold and a couple other people are pretty pissed off. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're mad that uh GSP is getting a title shot, which and I, I don't I'm not mad at them for being disappointed about that. If you feel like it cheapens the belt, uh if you feel like uh Bisping is, is ducking his actual Contenders for a money fight, all valid, valid points. Yeah. Uh, but, but to really try to start begging for an interim title is just, you're being more childish about it by, by doing that. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I'm a little more annoyed at Rockhold being mad about it because like, dude, he knocked you out. Yeah, out cold. So, like, really, you don't have anything to say about who fights this man next after he's already put you down. He can pick whoever he wants over you. Yeah. But, but yeah, let's let's just kill the let's have an interim title fight talk. Like, I mean, it, everybody on the roster should be hoping for GSP to win so they can tri- so they can get that next money fight for themselves. Yeah. Because I mean, I I feel like most fans. Even even people that like Bisping, they they really don't see him as some dominant champion. Yep. So if anything, these guys should be like thanking their lucky stars that GSP is challenging for this. So if, and hoping for him to win. So if if you are the next number one contender, you're gonna get probably the biggest payday you've had in your career. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh. Well, get on my man Silver real quick. Uh, you know, like I said, Silver's my all-time favorite. Um, but it just the thoughts of him fighting Romero, man, I I, I don't feel comfortable about that at all. Man. <laughs> Romero, that dude is a beast. You know, if, if Silver was younger, if he you know had the you know reflexes like he did, uh, like when he was younger to slip those punches, I'd be like, okay. But older Silver now, man, with them bombs Romero could throw. Yeah, you know, he broke his leg. He's going to have a broken face if he if Romero lands one on him, man. So, I, you know, I appreciate my man's guts and courage to want to fight a guy like that for that interim belt. But I, I don't think that would look good, man. Not at all. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I, I definitely respect that he, he's not scared to fight somebody like Yoel Romero. Uh, that's I, – I, I give Anderson all the props for – be, to be willing to step up for that at his age and uh, in most people's eyes, seeing that he's declined over the last couple of years. So yeah. he, he definitely has my respect for that, but he, he can miss me with that it needs to be for an interim title. Yeah. My only thing about the interim title, though, is uh, like I was reading upon uh, reading about it. Um, I think uh, GSP doesn't want the fight until uh, fall. October. Um, uh, yeah, 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 October. Um, I think um, Bisping could have had another fight in uh, between that time uh, in October. So that is, I do believe they're putting a little hold on the um, on that division uh, just by having that fight that long. But uh, you know, then again, like I said, Bisping is perfectly healthy. Um, 
there's this fight's going to be going on in October, like you said. So, whichever, whenever this uh, fight does go down, whoever wins, uh, you know, Romero, whoever's going to be up next uh, right forward. So, it, it'll kind of just be risky, too, to kind of just get into for Romero to just get in there and just say, hey, you know, give me an interim belt when he's probably going to be the next one up in line for it anyway. And if he does mm-hmm. somehow lose, you know, I think that would be kind of stupid um, on his part uh, to kind of blow that chance away. But, yeah, just just to kind of, you know, how they've been putting a hold on that division a little bit, you know, wait until October. I do think Bisbean could have fought a little bit earlier. But um, other than that, man, yeah, just – like I said, I like my man Silva and whatnot, man, but I think he needs to pump the brakes a little bit, calling out Romero for his own uh, title shot. So, well, he he still feels like he's a spider. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but all right. Uh, well, any other thoughts on UFC? Uh, just overall, man. Nah. Okay. Well. He did uh, find out uh, last week that for boxing, uh, Triple G versus Canelo, uh, that will be going down um, this year. Uh, this is September, I believe. Uh, September 16th, I believe. So this is going to be great for boxing, man. Um, just what were your thoughts when you first heard that? Because this might, in my opinion, this might be the last big-time boxing fight ever. Uh, in a long, it'll be a while before we find some another boxing match this big. Uh, that's actually worth wa- uh, watching. I'll say that because we do have Mc- uh, Mayweather McGregor. Uh, that's going to be a big fight, but I don't think it's going to be an entertaining fight. When it comes to this talent, uh, this might be the biggest one we'll Hello. see in a while. That would be a big fight if it were to happen. Yeah. I mean, we, we still have to throw a big if on that. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, yeah, it, it was a surprise that uh, Canelo and, and Triple G was announced and uh, finalized just because in these days it's, it seems like you don't get a big a big time boxing match until it's too late. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Mayweather Pacquiao. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it always seems like when you have two greats that are at, that are still somewhere near their peaks. Uh, they just avoid each other because there's so many avenues you can take in boxing because there's so many different, uh, I mean, not even, like, even, even in similar weight classes, there's four or five belts you can go after. There's WBC, WBA, whatever else, the ring championship. So you, you can avoid somebody and still have a belt and make your claim to be the best in the division. Uh, but, but here you got two fighters that were both willing to step up to the plate and and give the fans what they want. Uh, we have uh, a true welterweight fight, I, I believe. Uh, they they agreed to fight at from what uh, Oscar De La Hoya said, and they they're close enough in weight where I mean this should be reasonable, and and this is what people want. This is this is a fight between what are probably the two. Uh, top pound for pound fighters that are active. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Yeah, like I said, yeah, this would be one I would not definitely mind uh, paying to see. Uh, just with Triple G, uh, he's 37. Uh, he has 37 total fights. 
Uh, out of that, he's uh, undefeated with 37. Yeah, out of 37 out of 37 with 33 knockouts. And uh, just some just stuck out of me about uh, Canelo. Is this guy's only 26 and he's already had 51 total fights. So this guy's been getting it in. So usually old boxers that are like 40, they have 51 fights for the end of their career. This guy's only 26 and has that many. So uh, that's just remarkable. But out of his 51, he has 49 wins, one loss, one draw, and he has 34 knockouts. So both of these guys are very talented. They both can deliver some punishment when they get into the ring. So, uh, this is just one that not only will be able to just, you know, just text, uh, test their overall boxing skill, but, uh, also be able to test their chins as well, man, because both of these guys can deliver quite a punch. So this is just going to be a good fight, uh, for the boxing fans out there, uh, to see this fight. Sure. Now, how does this, uh, news compared to the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight, because I was telling you earlier, man, that Dana White came out and said that uh, the date that they pick uh, messed up. Um, they end up taking a date that he uh, they had scheduled for the Mayweather versus McGregor fight. So are you buying that, or you think that was just bullshit? I think it was total BS. I'm not <laughs> buying it at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, yeah, when I first, yeah, I was like, for real, man? Uh, yeah, he just came out there and said, yeah, you know, they took our uh, fight date, so. Well, and it's, like, they didn't take a date from you. Like, you, if you had a date set, there's uh, so many venues you could have had, or, and if it was really that official, where you would have been promoting it, I'm pretty sure they they would have figured something else for uh, Glovkin and and Canelo. Yeah. So I just you you didn't have a date. So this you you don't have a date until a contract is signed. Exactly. So yeah, I'm not buying that either, man. Uh, just think that was just Dana just talking, trying to just get distracted people from it and possibly get a little bit more hype to it. Uh, just in case if it were to happen, so. Yeah, he's a promoter, so he's still a promoter. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, anything left to say for boxing and UFC? Uh, You have anything to add on this, Tyler? Absolutely not. All right, (laughs) man. (laughs) No, no, you you guys covered a bit of it. Um, Definitely going to try and check out uh, the UFC. Uh, Sounds like it'll be an exciting card. Yeah. All right, we're about to move to the NBA now. Uh, first thing we're about to talk about is uh, Triple B Shoes, Big Baller Brand. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the ZO2s. Yeah, the ZO2s, man. $495 for the shoes and, what, 220 for the sandals? Slides. Yeah, the they're slides. not sandals. They're the slides. slides. Yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> let's, let's call them what they are <laughs> if they're going to be so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, man. Yeah. What are, yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on these uh, expensive kicks, man? I am not pulling my wallet out anytime <laughs> soon for these things. I mean, granted, the current pair of shoes I wear, I bought for sixty bucks at a shoe carnival. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm not coming out and spending basically five hundred dollars on tennis shoes. I mean, granted that that's not my game anyway. Yeah. Um, you're not going to see me pull that out for Jordans, for Kobe's, for LeBron's, for anything. Not a but, you know, head, man. No, no, you know, I will say, you know, 
I do like a good looking shoe and I will appreciate it, but to own it doesn't, the, the thrill's not there for me personally, but you know, just, just seeing, you know, that price tag be put on the shoe, it's completely unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. And I highly doubt we'll ever see anything like this again. So it's, it's very interesting to see LeVar Ball basically put a price tag on his kid's game and calling, calling it all elite. Everything about his kid, his brand, uh, already elite and he has improved himself in the NBA. I mean, granted, everybody knows who LeVar Ball is now. Everybody knows who Lonzo Ball is. Um, so the recognition is totally there. The marketing's been done. Uh, brand recognition, absolutely there. It's so like from a business aspect, it's like, all right, everybody's aware of your, aware of your brand, aware of your product. But he, I think he just missed big time by trying to be elite. And, you know, LeVar Ball came out and said, if you can't afford the ZO2s, then you're not a big baller. Yeah. It's like he wants this. BBB to be elite, just not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you'd be willing to pay $500 for a pair of shoes, but apparently what I heard is sales numbers were really low. I didn't see any figures, but. Yeah, I think they uh, say it was uh, 300 or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're not, they're not just selling at all. Yeah. What's your take yeah. on it, Nizo? I mean, they're decent looking shoes. I'll, yeah. I'll give them that. I didn't yeah. think they looked terrible when I saw them, but then when I saw four ninety five, you know, <coughs> first thing that popped out of my mouth was, "Man, if you don't sit your ass down with that price." <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the slides you saw two hundred for that. I was like, I'm not paying two hundred dollars for something that I'm basically going to either wear in the house, maybe wear it to the beach or something. Like, come on, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. Break my my Chris Carter out there. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, they they it's tripping on on the, the shoe price there. Uh they're nice, but they're not five hundred dollars nice. Uh, you know, the the god of, of shoe sales, there there's not a pair of Jordans that cost that much, at least uh if you buy them from the store aftermarket, yes, they they might get that high. But sorry, your son hasn't scored a single point in the NBA. Yeah, I don't paying that much for shoes for a kid that hasn't even showed if he's good enough to play in the league. Not saying he's not. I figure he will be at least a decent player. But I'm not seeing goat status on Lonzo Ball. Uh, so. So yeah, if, if you're trying to charge more for your shoe than Michael Jordan is charged, and Kobe Bryant is charged, then LeBron is charged, anybody, yeah. like yeah, we nobody, can't, we can't yeah. leave out the Starberries, we can't leave out the Shaq <laughs> shoes. Well, I mean, at least there's, I mean, outside of Shaq, when you had a deal with Reebok, but once he actually <clears throat> yeah. started selling his own brand shoe, those. Weren't even a hundred dollars. Yeah. Starberries, I think, are like eighty bucks. Like he, he would have been yeah. smarter doing something like that. Where, yeah, uh, I mean, like I, I'd definitely maybe purchase a pair of those for seventy, eighty dollars. I think they look nice enough for that. Oh yeah, especially yeah. since it's not 
one of your traditional three big brand of shoes. Mm-hmm. They're not Nike, Adidas, or, or Reebok or anything like that. But so mm-hmm. would have been a way better marketing scheme. Put put the shoe out at a reasonable price, especially if your son comes out and balls out, gets oh yeah uh, rookie of the year or something like that. Then the next time around, where you might actually have some shoe companies coming at you, like okay. Now that we see he's worth it, let's talk about uh, working together, maybe yeah. mm-hmm. uh, doing a joint venture. So then maybe you can jump out on the next shoe price and charge $150, dollars or something. Yeah, come out the gate with four ninety five. Uh, maybe he feels like he's maximizing his profit, but he's just made himself look like an asshole as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. You know, Doug, Doug Gottlieb asked LeVar Ball, why $495? What made you come to that price? LeVar Ball's answer was, why not $495? We're big ballers. Yeah. It's like, the, the guy's ego is so far out in front of this product that it, it's almost like the product is the secondary conversation you're having to the price tag. <clears throat> like, the, the first thing, you know, like, like you said, Darnell, you see four ninety five, and then you just start thinking four ninety five, and you're not even thinking about the shoe anymore. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my whole thing. Wait, I heard the price uh, before I saw the shoe. Oh yeah, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my whole take on this, I'm a little bit torn uh, between the thing because one, I do got mad uh, props, uh, mad respect for uh, Levar Ball in a way. Uh, just me being a black man. Uh, uh, one thing that I respect about him is that one, he's starting his own business. So got a lot of kids, you know, oh, I want the Jordans or the Reeboks or whatever. So it's good to see that there's a black man out there that's saying, you know what, who cares? I can start my own brand and make it hot or whatever. However, one thing that I do think he screwed up on was just the price of the overall shoes. If you look at Nike, uh, even just looking at the price, you're getting a top uh, ballers from it. You know, you have Jordan, you have Blake Griffin. Uh, Carmelo, you have some big game night, big, uh, big game <coughs> players on there, uh, with big time names, uh, to support the brand. However, with this, we got a guy on there who's the head of the, uh, the face of the shoes that we haven't even seen play in the NBA yet. So $495 for a guy that might average two points a game. It's like, you know, I'm not about to pay that much for a shoe. That a, for a guy that's basically a bum, that's the face of the uh, shoe. So I do, you know, I do got props as you know, he's starting his own thing, but just $495 for a guy that we haven't even seen yet, um, that's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, I, I do think he should have lowered the price on that one for sure. Yeah. And, and wouldn't you think, you know, coming out with an independent shoe company is basically who's making the shoe. Don't, wouldn't you think he'd want to come out and actually make an affordable shoe? One, to give exposure to this unknown brand that people are completely unaware of. And two, you know, we're, we're talking about, I guess the, the legitimate name that comes with the shoe. Um, you know, he, he hasn't played a minute. He hasn't scored a point yet. Yeah. So wouldn't you think that in a more affordable price just makes everything a lot more appealing and we may take a step back and go, okay, may- maybe they're not so full of it after all. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think that this just adds 
for the lack of a better word, to the legend that is LeVar Ball. Yeah. <laughs> because he, he's going to be talked about <laughs> for years. Yeah. And he, he's more famous than Lonzo is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, I keep refer- referencing the Doug Gottlieb thing because he, he's the first person that started asking LeVar Ball about the shoe itself. And he asked if Lonzo's played in the shoe, and he said Lonzo had played in the shoe. And LeVar said, Lonzo said that there's some structural things with the shoe that aren't great that they need to work on and improve. And I get that. That's totally fine. You know, whenever you come out with a product, you need to test it. But wouldn't you want to put it on the market after it's like complete? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, so he said that while it's for sale that you don't, yeah. you may not want to play in these. Oh, yeah. Shoes <laughs> are ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the whole thing just has me a little bit confused, but I, I wonder if he's hoping that these shoes become more collector items rather than kids are going to put them on and go play them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm not an economist by any means, but okay. Let's, let's say what you said, they sold like 300 shoes at 500 bucks. So after the manufacturing costs, like I'm not sure he made that much compared to, Hey, if you would have put these on the market for, for $95 and say you sold 3000 pairs of shoes or 10,000 pairs of shoes or whatever. Your profit margin would be a lot higher. So yeah, I think it's a big opportunity. Yeah. Like that just seems like logic to me. Like as long as you're like, I know you got to make a profit where you're selling shoes. You look at the cost for making them and, and you figure out your price point for there. Uh, so I mean, it's, uh, I was listening to something on the radio where it costs him $35, $40 to make a pair of these shoes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, not even having to put them on the market for sixty bucks, where you're barely making any money per shoe. So yeah, sell them for ninety, sell them for a hundred, but for five hundred dollars, you really marked them up like four hundred percent. Like, come on, come on, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, Lazo have to go beast mode for that. Uh. Man, he had to get 50 points, 50 rebounds, 50 <laughs> steals, 50 blocks. Yeah. He'd have to put Russ on steroids next year. Russ on steroids, man. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing that scares, the thing that scares me is, say Lonzo goes out and wins rookie of the year. Say he goes out and averages, I don't know, 20 and goes out, averages 20 and eight. <clears throat> it, what's he going to do? Hike the price up? Yeah. Make it a seven hundred dollars shoe. Yeah. <laughs> These next you know, joints are fifteen hundred. Yeah, like it, you. At least with a low price, you can go up. You can always go up. Coming yeah. down makes you look like one, you failed. Two, you don't know what you're doing. And three, you completely missed your market. Yeah. And he, I, I believe he's looking like all three right now. Yeah. <laughs> just looks ridiculous. Yeah. Just real quick, uh, what's the most you guys uh, dropped on a pair of shoes? Oh, for me, it's not a lot. I think I bought a pair of Hyper Dunks one time at like one fifty. Okay. That, that me, would that would be that would be it. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it was uh, two twenty. Yeah, it's not that bad. 
What about you? Was it for the slides? <laughs> no, not the slides. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, I think I paid over two hundred for a pair of dress shoes once. Oh, okay. Dress shoe baller. All right, <laughs> you're man. you're a big baller. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add to these four hundred and ninety-five dollars shoes or the two twenty slides? Not the sandals, the slides. The slides. Once again, Levar, sit your ass down. With that <laughs> <price>. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Don't don't come don't come crawling back to us complaining. I don't know why no one's buying the shoe. Hey man, he he wants his son to have a billion dollar shoe deal. So the quickest way to get to a billion, I guess, for him is just raise the price up for the shoes. Incredible. Yeah. So. Do, you, do you do you guys know that meme where it's uh where it's the guy you know putting the finger to his temple like the thinking? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It says yeah. Uh, you know, LeVar Ball would get a billion dollars if he charges a lot more for the shoes. Like, you don't have to sell as many shoes to get to a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. And I saw that and I was like, ah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, about to get into the playoffs next. Um, first game we're about to talk about is Washington versus Boston. Uh, how are you guys feeling about this matchup? Blowout. <laughs> Blowout. Blowout, <laughs> kind of a close game. Uh, although, what was a game? Game three. That was at least exciting because you had yeah. the Kelly Oubre, Kelly Olynyk situation, Kelly on Kelly crime. Um, I mean, that was entertaining. That was basically what we've talked about in the series here. Yeah, I think um, you should have got suspended for that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Let me put it this way. I understand. He he took like six pretty big momentum leading steps towards Kelly Olynyk and two hand forearm shoved him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was pretty intentional. I I I had no problem with the ejection. Uh, the suspension I could have gone either way on, but I I understand. Yeah, he, he cross-checked him. It was mm-hmm. valid. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I guess in terms of the series, I think the nation's starting to recognize John Wall. Like, for the first real time. Which, it's been a while that since he, you know, broke into the NBA. And I feel like we're finally starting to respect John Wall. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to see him as a complete guard. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see him as a guy who can legitimately lead a team. Uh, the question's been, where's Bradley Beal? Uh, he's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, but, you know, Boston got off to a slow start against and has really picked it up. Isaiah Thomas has found his flow really well tonight. I know that. I think he had, what, 25 in the first half? Um Absolutely, just killing it. Al, Al Horford's just being solid and steady. I think Boston showing as even though they're the number one seed, I think they're showing that they're a clear number two in the Eastern Conference to Cleveland. They'll have to beat Cleveland in order to at least be talked about as the real number one in the East. 
But, um, you know, I think this is the Boston team we all expected, just kind of a bunch of role players. And Isaiah Thomas has really stepped up as the superstar in that squad. Uh, and I think he completely deserves it. Uh, the guy can score with the best of them. Uh, and he's really good at closing the game out in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, he had, I think we talked about this the other last week. You know, he had 50, what, 53 points? It wasn't that overtime game. So, yeah. So, I mean, he, he's really stepping up, taking charge of this Boston team. Brad, Brad Stevens is doing a phenomenal job coaching him. He really turned him around this postseason. Uh, and I'll give him all the credit in the world for that. But, um, yeah, I, I think we expected a pretty good series. I don't think we expected as many blowouts as we've, as we've gotten. Um, but, um, I think my biggest takeaway is how everyone's finally starting to recognize John Wall. And I know Trey, you've been, you've been on that John Wall bandwagon for a few years now. Yeah. So you're a little bit ahead of the curve, but I, that would be my big takeaway. It's just how John will finally get in the recognition nationally. Yeah. Yeah. I've looked at this one as basically two Jekyll and Hyde teams playing each oh, other. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like it's weird on Washington's part because outside of the game currently being played, they they've gotten a double digit lead every game and have damn near blown it every time too. <laughs> uh, this is the first game that the Celtics have just been dominant the whole way through because uh, they've been on the other side where they look like crap and <clears throat> furiously come back and make these games in- interesting. Uh, the only players that have been what we have expected the whole time have been the two point guards. Uh, IT has been a beast in the late part of each of these games, and John Walls has been consistently good to great uh, for the series. Uh, so I mean, it, it's it's close in the fact that you know it was two two, uh, will be three two Boston. Uh, by the time this hits the airwaves, but uh, hey, they still got some time, man. Don't, I don't see that. <laughs> Almost down thirty. I was gonna say, well, uh, we. I guess we can just do a post post edit after it happens, <laughs> but I don't see it happening. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it, it's a close series in in the game. In, in the series total, but just each of these games has been just awful to watch because it's just giant swings and ended up being a blowout one way or the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now just how do you guys feel about just the second round um, in particular? Uh, you know, because like I said, I was telling you guys earlier, I think the first round was pretty good. But once it got to the second, uh, we really just started to kind of see uh, – just crazy basketball, uh, you know, where teams, they'll be uh, beating teams pretty bad. Like, we'll get to uh, Golden State and the Cavs, and now you have teams that uh, dominate one game, then the second game, they'll be the one getting dominated. Just how you feel about uh, the second round overall? Yeah, you know, the NHL playoffs are better right now than the NBA. Uh, <laughs> it's just this. It's just the facts. Um, You're right, though. The cream's rising to the top. Uh, Cleveland and Golden State are showing their dominance. Um, The other, the other two series, 
even though the scores are close, uh, series wise, the games aren't necessarily that intriguing. Uh, they're not keeping it to the very end. Now, granted, um, both Boston, Washington and Houston, San Antonio had an overtime game that were great. Uh, incredible to watch. Um, but this, those two series as a whole haven't exactly been, uh, you know, making me, you know, sit at the edge of my seat. You know, I've yeah. been able to do other things and look and go, Oh, Boston's still up 20. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it shows how good Cleveland and Golden State are. I think we're poisoning ourselves for a back to back to back finals appearances. Um, but just as, as a whole, the second round, pretty rough. First round, a little bit better. We, we got what we expected though. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we all agreed on, you know, the Jazz winning as a five seed. Um, and then other than that, there weren't really upsets. So, um, we got what we expected, but I don't think in the second round we we saw the games going like this. I think we saw, you know, the Washington-Boston series being close, which it is, but I don't think we saw the scores being so far apart in St. Louis, Houston, San Antonio. Yeah, uh, just overall the second round is, I mean, outside of one series has just been awful. Uh, I mean, I know myself included, we had talked ourselves into at least the Eastern Conference possibly being close and having some, some good games. Uh, but it's, it's becoming painfully clear that we're just marching on towards this third times a charm finals between, uh, Cleveland and Golden State. Now, before we get to uh, Houston and San Antonio, uh, just who do you guys think? you think Boston will end up winning the series? or? Yeah, okay. I do. All right. I, with Bradley Beal being non-existent, I, I, don't, I don't like Washington's chances that much. Yeah, yeah, that's the big factor there uh, since you know, Beal's not doing much of anything. Uh, starting to look like last year where he can't figure out how to play with John Wall. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's, he's gotta be the person to step up and make shots. And if that doesn't happen, then you might get another game like this one in two days where Boston's up by 20 by halftime. Yeah. I, I said Washington was gonna go make it to the, uh, you know, was gonna win the East. So, man, I'm, I'm gonna pull for him, but it's, it's looking bad right now. So, uh, yeah. it's, yeah. I would not be surprised if they lose. I'll say that. So, uh, but up next, uh, we're going to talk about Houston versus San Antonio. They had a great game last night. Uh, just fun to watch. Um, how do you guys feel about this series? It's been a one good watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's two teams. I mean, it's, it's been a fun series to watch. Uh, just the way Houston plays has been, you know, really just they're up and down, they're fast paced, they're exciting. And like we're seeing even more so how good Kawhi Leonard is. Mm-hmm. Uh just I mean, even even in games where they where San Antonio struggled, he's been ridiculous. Yeah. Uh and 
just you know, you're seeing why you can't leave him out of M- MVP conversations, uh, and and he, he's submitting himself as one of the top three, four players in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, j- just to add off that point, you know, I think we all knew what he was defensively, but I think he really came into his own offensively uh, this year, and we saw a really big glimpse of that. What would have it been game two against Houston? You know, he, he went off and Houston couldn't seem to stop him and he scored like the final 16 points or something for San Antonio and it was incredible and we were all marveled at what he was doing. And yeah, I, I think for years to come, I think this is kind of an off year for the MVP race because it's it's really a two horse race between Harden and uh, Westbrook. Westbrook. But, yeah, but but I think for for the next five to eight years, we're going to be looking at Kawhi Leonard in the top three every time. Um, you know, I think he's really he he's the next Mister Spur. Like it, it was Robinson, it was Duncan, and now it's, it's Kawhi Leonard. Um, but yeah, in terms of the series as a whole, you know, I I agree. Houston's a lot of fun to watch. They've been one of the better teams to watch all year. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm happy that that hasn't changed in the playoffs. Um, their one knock can't play defense still holds true. Seems like every other game. Uh, but yeah, the game to talk about is definitely the uh, overtime thriller last night. Manu turning back the clock at a few big moments. Yeah. You know that dunk he had in the in the first half where everybody. Was amazed that he can still dunk, <laughs> and and then the block at the end. Um, it was it was a great game. I enjoyed every second of that. Overtime was real sloppy though. Tran and I were talking about that last night. Yeah, uh, Houston couldn't seem to get anything going. Turnovers, yeah, missing shots. Uh, Harden particularly was yeah, the turnovers. Yeah, those two. Yeah, he. Yeah, there, there was one point in overtime, and we haven't seen this out of Harden really at all this year, which, you know, I'm happy we didn't, but I was a little frustrated that it started coming out at a key moment. You know, there was a one point in overtime where he turned the ball over, it like got stripped from behind, or I believe it was stripped from behind, and he starts yelling at Clint Capella, and I'm like, dude, like, you just turned the ball over. Clint Capella rolled to the hoop. Like, what do you want him to do? Yeah. And and I was I was a little frustrated that we saw that because um, I don't know Harden's been such a good leader this year and I really want the narrative to change on him you know can't play defense is lazy yeah. um, shoots fifty times a game which yeah. that calms way down and he's been a great leader this year um, just we we just saw a few bad moments out of him the other night but. Yeah. I'm not going to read too much into that. It was frustration. They they needed buckets and they just weren't getting it. Um, I, I do believe uh, Houston should have won uh, that one just with uh, Kawhi, uh, the Spurs best oh, yeah. player, being out. Uh, was supposed like with an overtime. I think that should have been the point where Houston yeah. decided, okay, we're about to kill these guys. But Spurs being the Spurs, man, they always have guys just step up. Uh, yeah. You know, they stepped up. Yeah. And they won the game. Yeah, you know, the the one player that, you know, I kind of called out last time was Lamarcus Aldridge, and he had a pretty good game. Like, he started getting some tough buckets down low, started playing a little bit of defense, and he was kind of the one player that 
has kind of gotten lost. <laughs> you know, it was a big deal that he went to San Antonio and yeah. then we just kind of never heard from him. But, you know, he, he had a pretty good game and, um, this one could very well go seven. I kind of expect it to go seven. Uh, so I think that'll, that'll be a lot of fun if it does. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have anything else to add, Darno? No, I mean, it's a fun series. Can't wait uh, for the other next two games, I assume. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're about to get into Golden State and the Cavs now. Uh, both these teams have been dominating. Uh, which team do you think, has, uh, in your guys' opinion, has looked the uh, most impressive uh, so far in these playoffs? I think that would have to be – I think it's Golden State for me. Uh, just they're, they're running over teams. Uh, even when they play bad, they're getting double-digit victories. Uh, like – with Cleveland, I'm not so sure Cleveland looks good as much as LeBron looks ridiculous. <laughs> as he always does. Yeah. Just, I mean, he, he seems, I mean, but it seems like he finds another level to go up to just no matter mm-hmm. what. Uh, as good, he's had like career high numbers this regular season. Yeah. He looks even better, uh, during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, but Golden State as a whole just, uh, their play all over the court. Uh, on the defensive end, Draymond seems to have stepped it up even even above a defensive player of the year caliber season he's had. KD is unstoppable. Steph's playing well in the playoffs so far. So their, their efficiency numbers are shooting better than they shot in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They they look scary good as mm-hmm. a team. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason I would say Golden State is I feel like they just play better defense. Uh, they're definitely playing better defense right now. Uh, Draymond Green's the anchor back there, and he's holding it down. So, um, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, Golden State looks good. Um, and I mentioned this week they hustle. Um, I saw a couple plays. Uh, in game four against Utah, where I just looked at that and I go, that was just a pure hustle play. People are giving up on it, and Golden State's going 110%. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're looking really good. Uh, you, you can't deny that. Cleveland, Cleveland's looking good, too, and, and I don't think any of us would sit here and say that they're not. But um, I still think they lack a little bit defensively. They don't really have the solid defender uh, that Golden State does. I mean, Draymond Green going to be up for Defensive Player of the Year again. Wouldn't be surprised if he wins it. Um, they they just don't have that anchor on defense. Um, you know, a lot of times it ends up being LeBron coming out of nowhere to make some massive heroic play that will stun everybody. But um, Offensively, Cleveland's looking really good too. They're shooting the ball really well. Uh, LeBron specifically shooting it really well. I think he's shooting some like 55 from two and 55% from two and 44% from three. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That, 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 that's heard, really good. I heard, a, I heard a stat for LeBron, uh, this postseason. He's shooting a higher percentage in the paint than Shaq ha- ever has in the playoffs. That's crazy. Wow. 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's LeBron asserting his physical dominance. Too. He he gets to the he gets yeah. to the rim. Uh, he takes very high percentage shots. Um, but granted, the the last game, game four, he was spinning the ball a couple times before yeah, he was yeah. shooting it from three. <laughs> he was lining it up. Yeah, he was acting like he was out in the driveway. Like yeah. it, it was it was pretty impressive watching him play. But um, you know, they got Corver shooting the ball well. Kyrie's being Kyrie. Kevin Love's being Kevin Love. Um, it, but if I had to pick a team, I'd probably go Golden State as well. Because yeah. I, I like their defense more. Yeah. Uh, just one thing that I have for Golden State, man. Um, you know, I know Draymond Green, uh, you know, he does have a pa- uh, podcast as well. But I will kind of say just cool it down with some of the talk that uh, he's been saying. You know, because last year that guy was getting cocky saying all this stuff, and they end up losing in the finals. So, Did you say cocky or kicky? Both, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard you right. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, he's talking about, you know, Kelly being a dirty player and all this stuff, man. And I know, you know, he has a podcast, you know, speak your mind, man. But coming from uh, last year when him and several other players were talking trash and then they end up losing in the finals, I would say probably, man, you need to just cool it, you know, just when it, talk when you win, you know. it's You don't want to deal with that heartbreak again if it were to happen, so. But to be fair, coming off of a 73-win regular season, pretty impressive. Now, we all agreed they needed the championship, but um, going into that finals, they had the room to talk, like, but I didn't know what would have been too much for them last year. Like this year, I think they're a little. I, outside of Draymond, I think they're more business this year. Like yeah. Draymond is the voice of that team, and everyone kind of expects it out of him, so no one's really surprised. But I think the team as a whole, and I would even include Draymond there, is more business this year than they were last year. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he he's tightened it up as much as you can ask for him. Uh, oh like, yeah, and triple double. He, he's not. Yeah. Well, and he's not in danger of being suspended because of technicals this year. Uh, that too. <laughs> uh, that, that that's a big big thing for him. But yeah, I mean, just just saying, I, I've 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 been listening to Draymond since he was in college, of course, and just. You're not gonna get him to shut up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's gonna say what he wants to say. He's gonna say what he feels, and you take it or leave it from him. He's gonna say some dumb things, like, like I agree with you guys when he called out Kelly Olenek. I mean, personally, I do feel like he's a little bit of a dirty player. Like going back to the the arm pull on Kevin yeah, Love that he had, about stuff that. like that. Forgot about but, that. Yeah, true. But it was just like. It's, it's one of those things where it's like the message might be right, but the messenger is the worst person possible yeah. to say this. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I agree with you there. That's probably not his place to say that because of how people feel about him with his, his leg extension yeah. uh, into people's crotches. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's just that that's the part of Draymond where you can't change that. Mm-hmm. Probably his team doesn't want him to change it because that's what gives him his edge. Mm-hmm. So he's going to talk. That's that's just yeah. what he is. All right, guys. You guys have any closing statements? No, I wouldn't mind a couple game sevens though. 
uh, out of Boston and Washington and then Houston, San Antonio. At least make it a little bit exciting. Yeah. So. Yeah. That 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 would be nice to see, but otherwise, just give it the final sorter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give us the inevitable. Basketball. Yeah. yeah. The inevitable. Yep. Well, all right then, guys. I appreciate you all for tuning in. As always, uh, you can find us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, you can also check this podcast out on many websites, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. Just hit us up in that search engine. Uh, but other than that, as always, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Y'all take care and have a good one. Peace.